learned that in Fort Myers, man. Them kids, they'll get you, man. You least expect it, man. That, cut, that I can't tell come flying out their mouth. I can't tell. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, welcome to the 40th episode of Born in Trouble. How y'all doing tonight? Today, I've got my illustrious guest, plus one. Oh, well. I'm a plus one now? Nah, I'm the plus one. I'm the okay, plus good. one, Miss Ray. You know. I'm the plus one. You always first. From West Virginia, sing her in, Rob. Take me home, country roads, good place I belong. Why do you encourage him? Miss Melissa Ming. West Virginia. I done told. Mountain Mama. Mountain Mama checking in. Hello. Here's the thing. See, see, Melissa, here's the thing. Like, this is like your third time on the show now. Second or third? This is your third time on the show? And, like, I I told you the first time, like, you know, you don't side with them when we start in the show. You side with me. You see, and you just jumped right on the side and you just started, like, picking on up with me. You're a stupid chick. You're going to get a stupid reaction. That ain't the answer that we're looking for here. Oh, so from California. Oh, see, now it's a wee, so he got a mouse in his pocket because clearly everybody else is on her side. Somebody else is there. From California, parts unknown, the abyss, the amazing disappearing, Gene Hopkins. Man, trying to stay up. That's what's up. Hey, hey. West Side. West Side. Isn't it only six o'clock there? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to stay up in life. Trying to stay up. Oh, there you go. There you go. Figuratively speaking, you oh, know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get you know some justice in this bitch off. That's right. <laughs> like Project Pat said, <laughs> the man with the fantastic plants, and we're gonna follow him up with the man with the answer to the plants from Detroit, Michigan, home of City Wings, your favorite munchy food. Six. Cut me off, man. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan. Come get you some. Grant Lancaster. What up, dog? I see everybody's testy tonight. Everybody's just ready to jump (laughs) on me. It's like, should I have my boxing gloves on? Is that abnormal? It's the fortieth. It's the fort. It's because it's the fortieth episode. It's I like that was the theme of the show. Oh. <laughs> 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 Gotta give you that one. And of course, from New Jersey, Philadelphia, the smoothest man this side of the Pecos, Mister Robert Brooks. Oh, wow! Exactly. What is he talking about? Of the Pecos. Of the Pecos. <laughs> nice. Like. That's some, like, uh, Yosemite <laughs> Sam shit right there. Yeah. Yosemite going Sam. to the cartoon realm. Going to the cartoon realm. Y'all don't get to hear the way that they do me before the show begins. It's relentless. It's harmful. It's hurtful. And I've thought him. about going on Twitter after the show often many times to tell them, I love doing this show, but my friends almost made me cry today. That, that's the way you're going to that. the top. They got a song for that, man. The lyrics are powerful, too. Wah, wah, wah. I forget one of them little goddamn babies, little baby, shit baby, 
Sweet baby, yeah. one of them little babies made that shit. One of little little young, <laughs> little, little young baby, cat, doja, soldier. All right, so you know, and I'm kind of that was my segue into today's show, which I didn't give you guys a clue about what we're talking about today because. It's going to be something I really want authentic things and I want authentic answers coming straight from the from the heart. Not something that you Googled earlier in the day just to just when you were on the toilet or something like that saying, oh, I got to go on board in trouble tonight. That's about right. That's about right. That's where the ideas come from. So today we're talking about behavior modification and how it gets done. Behavior modification now, y'all sitting here and you're thinking, like, you know, how is he going to actually pull this in and make this a show? Go ahead, Melissa. I see you smirking. you in a little box, but I see the smirk. I didn't invite you here for that smirk. She knows all about behavior modification. How so? I mean, how so? How so? How so? Let's be, yeah, let's right, be, let's, so? let's be running shit. She be running shit. She's be a little flick on the nutsack. Yeah. On yeah. Heck, right? All day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Modification. You know, when I was. You know, when I was. When I was challenging you, Rob, I didn't think you'd be able to pull it off. But I got to tell you, you did. That was a. You did that. You did that, boy. You did that. I know so, a little bit about behavior modification. Me too. I do. I you mean, do. honestly, I, y'all been friends with me for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Long time. I had to modify We're my friend, friend you long time. So, I mean, I'm on the, like, I'm the victim now. Okay, that's true. Uh, see, uh, see, yeah. I'm get, that's good. That was good. I like the way you flipped. Oh, are we all gonna have to take a turn in the victim chair? Because I'm telling you right now, I'm not really. That's not your color. <laughs> well, listen. When you speak about when you talk about victimhood, we're in a victimhood society, and um, the reason why I wanted to make the topic about behavior modification is because um, you know, I was having this conversation. This week, and I had seen a post this week. It's always like my five minutes that I spend on Facebook actually scrolling that seems to have the biggest impact on me. And we'll get back to that because that's by design as well. But um, people generally respond to, I did some research, and what I learned is that people generally respond from two different types of behaviors. One is intrinsic, and that's the behavior that, you know, comes from within. Those are the things that your parents teach you. Say thank you, please. You know, if you don't do these things, then you feel bad. And, and the other is extrinsic or external, which is a reward-based gratification. And we're going deeper into this. I started looking into the, um, actually someone put me on to how this has affected us over the past 50 years. I don't know. Have you, has anyone, have I, I, I anyone on this panel ever heard of the, Stanford Marshmallow Experiment. Negative. Negative? Okay. Mm-hmm. This was a test that was that an experiment that was held starting in 1970. And what they did was they actually took little kids and they put them in a room. And what they would do is they would find out what the kids liked. You know, usually it was a marshmallow or a pretzel that were their favorite treats. And they would tell the kids... What year? This is 1970. 
This is 1970, oh, so this is like right when we were born. Before and, Hostess uh, Big Pies came out, obviously. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> they ain't nothing like a quarter of one of them old pies. They yes. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Greg, get your ass out of here. No, I'm talking about the one, the Hostess was, they got the two quarters. It only has two quarters on it. Yeah, they don't make, okay. they don't make them like that anymore. They don't make them like that anymore, and. You know, but I yeah, I guess listen, if if you're it could be a pierogi, it could be like it could be any type of thing that you consider to be a treat. But what they would do is they would put this marshmallow and they would tell and they and they would put a treat actually on the table and they would say, Look, if you wait three, four, five minutes, we're gonna bring you exactly what you want, your favorite treat. Or you can just go to the table and eat what's there now. And what they found out is that the majority of people did what? Little kids did what? They, they, they took the treat. bird in the hand. Little kids wait for the treat. That's that. Well, you see, you said you wait. You said wait for the treat. So that's interesting, right. Gene. You said go for the you know bird in the hand. You said wait for the treat. Well, this is actually the two different types of thought processes, and the answer is that. They actually went for the treat most of the time because it was right there in front of them. And what this study taught the world is that generally the majority of people will go for the low-hanging fruit. And the way that's, that's actually been applied to us in society is that you have four different pillars of education, four foundations. One's education, the, the other's the judicial system, the other is the social, that's health and wellness, you know, um, basically society. And the last one, of course, is economic. So what they started doing is educators started taking our systems and they started training them based upon the results of these tests. Because before the 1970s, you had a lot of things that were, you had positions people didn't expect too much. You went to work, um, you know, you got X, Y, and Z, you followed this, you know, this pathway. But this all changed because they started marketing to people getting the gratification, the instant gratification things. And what the way it works now, bringing it back forward to modern day society, is that the way that people were brought up back then to actually honor different things were intrinsic um, behavior is what was actually pushed. We now have extra extrinsic which is people trying to grab whatever is closest to them. So what do you think about that, first of all? Any thoughts about that? It's like a slice of Swiss cheese. There's a lot of holes there. There is. To fill them in before That's I right. Have an opinion. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. I think, uh, I think we need more details. All right. So, so now... So what are we... So, so, so we're, we're saying... That kid, I mean, by that study, I'm trying to, I'm trying to line it up to the, to the topic. The kids study, they would take what's in front of them instead of waiting for the treat that they liked, right? Right. And so that's called what now? That's called, that's called, um, extrinsic gratification. That's when the reward is based upon the reward is based upon gratification. This is the teaching model that they changed it over to. So now, whereas you had people that were um, in school and they were doing good with grades, they started coming up with tests. 
That's the when you're in um, first grade, you're in kindergarten. If you do good, you do right. They give you a gold star. They give you another gold star. It starts early, the you know, and then whoever the gets system. the right, the merit system. So now everything is changed over and it's based on merit. It's no longer based on it's OK for you to be you. Now everything is competitive and the nature of the world changes to a competitive world. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because, and it's kind of a stretch, but um, when you talk about when you talk about this edification, this type of edification, that's you get the nice car. The guy with the nice car gets what? He gets the girl, right? The girl with the the girl with the with everything going for her. She gets what? She gets the top guy. The one that's or the top, whatever spot, whatever it is at right. that point in time. She, she gets the right. biggest, by, she by gets her definition. She gets the most savvy fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Many times, yes. <laughs> the most, <laughs> the most savvy fraud, exactly. Preach it, preach it. You know, um, these are. It's like. These are the. This is the way our society is set up now. You want the shiny things. It teaches you to go for the shiny baubles and to take things that have actual value, true value, friendships, relationships, building bonds, building trust, things that will keep you in when times are hard. And they actually, they actually tell you that it's okay to throw these things and discard these things away for the prettiest, shiniest thing. And that's the way our society is now built is based upon the prettiest, shiniest thing. Now you go to the internet, prettiest, shiniest thing, Instagram, the card of the goddess. Huh? I would add quickest to that. I think quickest is the factor. So before people, I guess, had the the patience to, to work for something and piece it together. Now everything, Instagram, I mean, it's in the word. And, uh, viral you know they're looking for a viral experience and uh it's uh i want everything now i i think i, I see see that as a big change i don't know if it relates or marriage into what you're talking about marriage you know? dating friendships like you look at the 50s you look at movies in the 50s guys they used to have to go out they would go out and you go out with a, a girl and her brother because it wasn't, you weren't getting that automatic thing. It wasn't at the end of the night. It wasn't up to the woman at the end of the night, whether or not she wanted to have sex with you. There was a whole other group of people that were behind that whole decision and even allowing right. you to even spend time with that person by yourself. But, in the but isn't it good that we've allowed women to have their own personhood now and make those decisions for themselves rather than the men in their, in their family arbitrarily deciding when, when they are ready and with whom they are will be ready for? Mostly, yeah. Mostly. Why do you say mostly? Because it's not an extreme. It, it, it depends. I think it depends on the family and depends on the woman. I think it's good now that women can be, well, can be in, independent, you know, or they can set out to it and not face as much uh, physical harm. Have we gone over? Know, uh, but but we, haven't, we, haven't, we haven't matured enough to you know, they are, uh, I guess, the ultimate goal, completely equal. Have we gone overboard with it, with the freedom? That's no. the thing. Yeah, I, I cannot, listen, I'm, the, choice is, the choice is definitely there. The choice is definitely there. It should be there. But given the choices, 
and given what we've done with the choices over the course of the last like 50 years, do you think it really is a benefit has benefited us as a whole, as a community, as a group? Yes, you do. Absolutely. So did, uh, didn't, didn't, uh, Lauren London have a baby with Lil Wayne? Yeah, she does have one. Did that happen? A long time ago. Okay, then, yes. then, then, may, then maybe we need some guidance on this shit. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we, maybe we, in fact, do need some guidance for, for some for some of these people. For some of these people. Yeah, the only problem is the standard of guidance that you want to put up, that, that you want to base it on, was was perverted. It was corrupted, and so it's like, uh, when has the guidance not been evil enough? to use as a uh as an example you know well when is that when has that ever been the case like uh that's why i don't like going back in time there's no romance in the history of of our culture in this country there's no there's nothing romantic about it (laughs) but so so you're saying that so you're saying that the instant gratification culture is a good thing is it, it good? Is what it, well, I, I'm saying that it is what it needs to be, what we made it. Uh, and good or bad, you can use those words. I mean, but again, what are you comparing it to? Well, okay, instant time, gratification. For, instant for gratification, like, for example, is like your father's married to your mother and everything, and he decides that he wants to hit this little waitress that's over here. He wants to spend his time over there and not come home. And spend time like what was the norm, the societal norm in the fifties and the sixties. Hit the waitress, and then hide, hide the fact from both people. And then he used to come home. They was doing it then. Exactly, it would but come they home. It, it would come home a little bit later, two, three nights a week, and, and just you know fra- the, perpetrate the fraud. So, excuse me, better product. Unfortunately, back then, as not speaking for all women, but. That was the norm. Oh, men will be men. Yeah. He's just going to do what he's going to do. Oh, he's out with the boys. She knew. Yeah. She right. knew that coffee clutch. Everybody knew. But she, you know, it was keeping uh, either up with the Joneses or that, you know, family unit. I would say. No, you're right. No, you're right. But and. You know, it's interesting when I was discussing this earlier in the week, which is why I'm glad that you're here, Melissa, is because it was explained to me how this has been, how this has affected society as a whole. So what you're saying is true. These these women all knew, everyone in the neighborhoods, because we're going back to the 60s now. We're not talking about modern day stuff here. So I don't want anybody to get upset when I talk about women in the home because women were in the home then. That was the way that it was. And men were at work. They were like doing what they were doing at that point in time. So, okay. So this is the situation, but women in the suburbs had their own things going on. Right. They had their own. Yeah, the pool guy. They had the, right. The the salesman, the milkman. You know, you you see stories now. Vacuum the door to door Hoover, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will right? The mailman, the mailman down to infidelity at this point. Well, is this where we is this where we just 
Well, no, what's where are the yeah. where are the levels of where are the levels of infidelity? Where does it come in here? The difference being that before the seventies, that family still stayed together. After the seventies, the family didn't stay together. So the dynamics are a lot different because it has it creates a new economic dynamic, and the economic dynamic is now instead of a one family home, it's a two family home. So now instead of all of the resources going in one place. Then they go in two places. They go in two separate places. Divorce is at 60% now. Most people don't even see that. A lot of people get married. They have ch- they have kids. And by the time the kid is five years old, the marriage has been dissolved. Well, wait, so, wait, John. Just like in the transition between what was accepted in the 60s or 70s, you're saying one family home to two family homes. But now there's two people working within a household. You know what I mean? It's not the woman staying at home. It's times have changed economically to where it requires both of them to work. Some men just, nah, you're going to stay home and do all of that. And then they struggle. That's true. I mean, that's a part of that's making your own money and, you know, still contributing to the household, but not being um, relying upon a man to provide. That's a part of it, too. And also brings in and we also bring in child care into this. So, because now when you have a two-family home, you have a child care provider that you have to provide. And child care is very expensive. So a lot of times if you have a two-family, um, two-spouse um, working family, a large portion of that budget is going towards child care during a week for a long time. For a, long period for a lot of, time. of people, that's one, one, of the, one, of the, one of the incomes is going to child care. Right. Yeah. Right. Like if, well, if, you, if you just stayed it. home, you wouldn't need that money. But in my household... Other certain circumstances uh, dictated my parents weren't going to have anybody watch their children. Um, Mm. I'm a rainbow baby. Mm. I had a brother who passed 10 years before I was born. And so when I grew up, my mother worked nights. My father worked days. They sacrificed not seeing each other, but didn't pay for childcare because their child was cared by the parent. So, you know, there's that kind of dynamic and when you bond and are working together you can eliminate child care but you might eliminate the whole family but, unit but, but see your parents were working on a higher level and that they were concerned about the greater good like and most people are not really focused on the greater good most people are focused on their economic good Got you it. know and their status right. whereas your parents are like yo this is our priority that yeah. young lady right there we brought her into the world she didn't ask to be here. We brought her here and we're going to take care of her like she's precious. Well, that's the reason why we're having this discussion about extrinsic and extrinsic um, behaviors, because what you just described is that what you just described kind of bridged it because most people aren't thinking like that because they're thinking about attaining a certain goal, a monetary goal, a goal that was put in front of them that was more precious than Miss Ming. Now, your parents, I think your parents did a fabulous job. I have to give them a round of applause. And that's not just because you disagree with John all the time. And it's not just, that's definitely not the reason why. But the reason, but it's like, you are the, but you are the fruits, you are the fruits of that labor. You're the fruits, you're the benefits of that. You show that. And what you just described was your parents who came from a different era and a different time frame than even a different culture and a different culture. Than what we're putting, than what we put forth today. So the reason why I say it's it's not good or it's bad, I'm I'm playing like a lot of devil's advocate with this conversation. Obviously, because I understand that these things are not 
so cut and dry that it's not so left and right. It's black and white, whatever you want to call it. But the simple fact of the matter is there are some aspects of that culture and of that society that were beneficial and that would benefit us today. How we would get back to some of that, how we would get back to some of that, I don't have any answers towards that. And it's not my job because I'm done. We have have, have raised the most selfish culture. We have the most selfish culture of any country on the planet. Hard. Like we are are unbelievably navel gazing and unbelievably believe that we do all this shit on our own. Well, that's the result of 50 years of marketing targeted to babies and children. No, it's it's, it's exactly that. We are products of our environment. We're products of our environment. But even going back more than 50 years, because we're 50 years old, but, you know, the American myth-making machine, Hollywood. No, you think over. The American myth-making machine, Hollywood, has been selling this individualistic BS since almost the beginning. Yeah, like the, the 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 lone hero has been a theme throughout. Well, and it right. has us believing that we we could all be that lone guy, that lone gunman. Well, do we really have that? Do we still have that same thing right now, though? Do we still have that? I would think that that I think that the society has come almost full circle now, and saying that that lone hero type of mentality is now frowned upon. That's what the internet teaches us. The other part about it is like when you talk about these things, you talk about behavior modifications and behavior modification is the shaming. And that's the method of discipline and modification that we use nowadays. So if you're standing out and you're doing something and you're doing something that's spectacular or different, you've always got that one person in the comment thread that's saying, you know, you ain't that special. Back it down. What you you think that you're great, but you're not really fucking great. Back it down. There's always gonna be haters. There's always gonna be haters. You talk about behavior that we just I mean that has that we are currently modifying or that we modify to, you know. Talking about a clockwork orange. I'm talking about a I'm talking about general I'm talking about actually socialization and a generalization of right. a larger conversation of how we were all modified without us even realizing it or recognizing it. Cause we're all a big right. part of this great big experience, you know? Right. right. So, yeah. So what do you think about you talk, that? You're talking about the constant, the constant paradigm shift that happens based on uh, a, I don't, I don't know. Program. Somebody misapplied. They read a study. They got results of a study and then misapplied the results across right. the larger culture to create this competitive mess and have, you know, six-year-olds crying because they got a C on their test and the other person's being celebrated because they got an A. But this is, is it, but isn't this, isn't this all like, like participation trophies and um, like the fact that the, or the 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 fact that they, that they don't want anybody to stand out, or it let me say it seems as if they don't like for anybody to be extraordinary. They don't want anybody to stand out. They don't want anybody to get extra accolades. They want everybody to be the same. Isn't that part of the dumbing down of yes our culture? Yes, it's actually and that, and, and that's by design. Yes, it's by exactly. Thank you. Thank you. 
It always has been. No, it hasn't. It hasn't always been. That's what we're talking about wait, today. Wait, what do you mean? Since the seventies, it's always. No, you know yeah, what? For not. your life, for no, for your lifetime. No, for your lifetime. No, for your for your lifetime and for my lifetime, it always has been. But prior to that time, it was something different. Shit. And now it's going yeah, back to it. something different. It's going no. back to something even more. Now it's it. Now we're being. We're almost being transformed into. Communist? No, it's never been the, Why are you using the effort. That word? The effort to the effort to influence the population. The effort to do that, and uh, the reason why that's done, the intentions behind doing that, have never ever been good since the motherfuckers came and stole this land. So, I, what I'm trying to get is. At what point was it acceptable enough to reference? And what are we exactly what are we trying to drive or grab from that reference? Because the things that were done in whatever, you know, glory time period you want to think of, that shit won't work now. It has to be different. I mean, now the principles, maybe we can take some of the principles and, and apply them and, and try to create patterns. But the fact of the matter is, is that society, especially our part of society, has never been healthy in America. So what what reference can you draw from? I mean, that, I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out. You know, like, okay, so the parents did it this way and that way. Well, we were still damaged. People were fucking people up. Abusive households. Uh, this, that, and everything else. I mean, rightfully so, we were damaged because, you know, and bleeding from being shot. Uh, and then you go back further than that, it was worse until maybe you could draw some happy times where, you know, uh, Black Wall Street, where people were trying to build something and the energy, the energy they used and the family structure that needed to be in place for them to attempt that. But it was never, I mean, besides those little spurs, what examples? I mean, you say 60s, 70s, and uh, you know, they had some good music and shit, man. Who's some? Fucked up shit going on, especially in my family <laughs> shit. You know, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, and, and, and in the world, uh, and in this country for black people. So I think it's fair to, to go back to times that scholars study in Africa when they had a certain type of community and how it functioned spiritually and this and that and grab some of that shit, so you know. You're saying if they're going to go back, go all the way back. Yeah, because, it, or to I a think. point where. There was some health. Yeah. One of the modern reframes that you get from young black people, and and specifically, is we are not our ancestors. There is a lot of, um, there is a lot of, like, refusal and rebuttal of, like, even looking into history, like, cleanly in order to understand that, no, we are not your, no, you are not your ancestors. Your ancestors would, you know, face down shotguns and dogs just to nah. get into nah. no no very here's the thing, exception though. to the rule not the no. rule but he, he, here's the We're thing scared. and they did what you they can't. had to survive right, Grant. you you're never able, able to go back to an age right like i mean i get it i get that you want to draw the best parts of an age out and and be able to use them but as people evolve as you stop doing a thing, you know what I mean? Like, as so if ears used to wiggle or whatever, 
people stop wiggling their ears. Like maybe at one point you had to wiggle your ears. People stop wiggling their ears. Now people don't, they can't wiggle their ears anymore, right? So you, it's like, it's hard to go back to that once you come out of it. And especially when you start talking about behaviors because the mentality is now different. You know what I mean? It's like you were doing that because you were in a certain mentality. And as you, as you evolve and advance, and, and this is all techno this technology, this is education, this is everything. As everything advances, you can't go back to doing what you used to do because now in your mind, you feel like you know better. Whether mm. that's true or not, mm. you feel like you know better. As a, as a society, we feel like we know better. Like, let's just talk about whoop, whooping your kid's ass, right? Whooping your kid's ass used to be a survival tactic. Mm. Now, you go to jail for that shit, right? Like, black people started beating their kids because if I don't beat your ass, this white man is going to kill your motherfucking ass when you go out there and do some shit that he tell you not to do. Fear-based, yeah. But, but, now, but now, you can't even do that. Right, you can't. I can't beat Layla. I can't whip Layla's ass nowhere, right. except in the crib. Right. And I better be careful even then. You know what I'm saying? I'm interested right. for it, so I know. Right. So, so, so like I said, it's, it's just hard. It's hard to go back to stuff, and that's right. why the programming works. But G, as you said, G Land, as you said, like the evolution of just okay, whipping the kids is for an example. Society dictates you have to modify your behavior, hence the behavior modification. I've never really put my hands on Rhea, but my mom never really put her hands on me. It was that mm -hmm. look, that discipline, that, you know, once again, different era, different families from different countries and all of that. But there was just that one look that put the fear of God to where I've never had to get a switch off a tree. Mm -hmm. Well, actually. It's just a matter of changing the way you discipline your child to a way you still have the respect. You might spare the rod, but you will still save the child. Are do you, you get what I mean? The is yeah. there is there a movement to save the child now? With families, exactly. There's exactly. a movement to save all children now. Is there? We're going to save. We're going to save. We're going to save all babies except for the poor ones. From oh, anything, man. any struggle, Grant. <laughs> we're not. We're not Save saving them from, from any anything. struggle. Yeah, we're not we saving them. We're not saving them. I'm agreeing with you. I agree with you, Grant. But in uh, jest, I say we we saving them from all any struggle. Yeah. yeah. But that's. <laughs> but like I said, the reality is we ain't saving them from nothing. We no. saving them for something. And what we no. saving them for is cheap labor motherfucking prison the prison industrial complex all this other shit we ain't saving them from nothing We're because not... they they don't they the ones out there experiencing the most right and with with less um less opportunities to differentiate themselves so i just wonder so I, I i got two questions sure real quick one melissa what's in that glass pinot grigio pinot grigio okay we like no pineapple what thank you no pineapples today. No okay. pineapples. Okay. Excellent. And, and then question. John, earlier you were you were going all the way to communism, and I, I just want to know yeah, how yeah, you how, how you were how you got to that bridge, and more importantly how you how you figured out that that land was connected to the other piece of land. Well, I want I want I wouldn't say I think that communism was probably the wrong word, but I think maybe socialism or social engineering or social mining 
to get people to think a certain way is definitely a, a large part of what's going on today. The but I mean, isn't is isn't all culture sort of yeah. like? I mean, part of what is culture is getting people sort of on the same plane and getting them to, to, to move and think in a certain direction, isn't it? That's definitely true. But in the United States of America, what we've had is we've always had a culture that a part of a large part of that was individualism. And right now, individualism is something that's really frowned upon, you know, not, not so, in Trump's America. Like they're all individuals. You think they're, they're, are they, are they really, are they really well, they, individuals? They think they are. They're all hey, doing the right, same thing. It, right, it's America. Like it's uh, right. everybody's doing the same thing and thinking that they're doing something special. Right. Exactly. And that's the point. And at the end of the day, you can't, you can't, um, differentiate Joe Buck from Billy Buck. They're essentially the same person. They're essentially saying the same things. It's like completely unremarkable. Being unremarkable is remarkable now. Just like simply by simply by bootstrapping to right. to Billy Bob and Joe Bob. Huh? No, I'm listen. It's completely and totally one of the reasons why we're having this conversation is because it's completely and totally boring to me. I think that people need to be special and not just not just like you know stars. Or people like my internet people or like, you know, I, I, I've been doing a lot of thinking, especially with dealing with this app, right? And the thought is like, basically like, are you doing, the, do you do these shows and do you do these things to get famous? Because I know a lot of people do. They do these things to get famous and to attain all of the rewards that come along with being famous per se. For me, ideally, the thought process would never has never been to be famous because I can tell you from just being around a famous person to me, it seemed more like a pain in the ass than anything else. I would like to actually become infamous, meaning I don't mind me. I know I'm already partially there, but you know, maybe I'll just like expand that. And what I mean by saying infamous being that I don't mind people knowing who I am and all that other stuff and everything, but I don't want no special treatment. I'll stand online at the store and everything, and I wait for all my stuff and everything. Just don't come and bother me when I'm out in public. But that's like kind of like the it's kind of like the trade off. If you try to do things, if you do a certain amount of things and you do them well, then people are going to get to know you. Like Rob, you're a little bit of a celebrity in your area, in the Philadelphia area, with the with a the Drexel. Bit. With the Drexel basketball crowd, people who watch those basketball games, they know Rob. So Rob goes to get his cheesecake, and the guy goes, hey, Drexel man. But he, that's why he stopped getting, that's the real reason why, why he went vegan. That's, yeah, a, that's exactly. the real reason why he went vegan. Because no people, basketball fans of the vegan restaurants. But I, can ima- but I can imagine your level of celebrity is probably like a peaceful level of celebrity because some people know I you, work some people dudes. don't. You know, I was I was the right hand to a dude. And, you know, if we had to if we had to take him to an appearance, you had to put in an extra 20 minutes to get there because on his way there, everybody was going to stop him and everybody was going to ask him whether it's to take a picture, to sign something, to grab, get on the phone and record a, a, an outgoing voicemail message for them mm-hmm. or uh, to say hi to their mom. Right. You have to enjoy and he, that. And he was one of those people who actually dug that. And he did, you know. He would stop, but I also worked with another guy, and like, all he wants is for people to not know who he is. He doesn't want to know, and he don't want anybody to know his face when he wants makes a restaurant reservation. He doesn't want anybody to know who he is. Half the time, he makes restaurant reservations. He makes them in his wife's name. Uh-huh. 
so that nobody even knows it's him, mm-hmm. you know, till he shows up and they hear him talking. Right. Um, Cause it, it can be a pain in the ass. It, like not everybody's built for that. Right. It's that there are levels to this. Yeah. There are levels to everything. And it's a matter of like what you're willing to, what you're willing to put up with, what you're not willing to put up with, what you're interested in, where, where do your interests lie in everything? Yeah. Like I like people. I just don't want to be bothered by him all the time. So it's like, I'll just, you know, why are you shaking your head, Melissa? It's true. I'm shaking my head because you are so 100% true. You can be an extrovert when you want to, but you're not an introvert. When it comes to not dealing with people, you're just a straight asshole. Yeah. Am I wrong? Sometimes. Sometimes. If I feel like they're if I feel like they're traipsing upon my space too much right. and everything, okay. I definitely have defense mechanisms that I put up. Let's knock on the door to the upstairs and think. see what that person thinks. Oh but no, wait, we're not going to do wait, that. But wait, but like, let's you. Oh, my battery. Hold on. But wait, intrinsically, you're not an introvert, so it's not like you shy away from people. Like that's like something. Right. You don't do it. anything. You're more of an extrovert. You just don't suffer fools. And you, you know, you don't in your space and all of that. So true. What did I just say? What was it? You said uh, don't right. suffer fools. You just, you just you said don't, it. But I like, don't. so, but I, I, okay. I should have said that instead of saying you're an asshole. But no, you the, can be when you don't suffer fools. Yeah. No, it's I mean, definitely true. I know my flaws and I'm good with me. And I've been that way pretty much since like Rob can attest since I've been like 14. Right? <laughs> pretty much. You didn't even apologize for drooling on Marvin's head. I uh, see. Now this is what gets edited out because he keeps bringing <laughs> no, this, uh, this no. stupid stuff. Okay, I'm I'm gonna like I gotta go get my charger because my battery's running low. That's cool. Go ahead. Go oh. ahead. Go do that. You see, you see, but the 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 issue is like today. If you want to attain things, if you want to do things, you're actually giving away a certain amount. You're forced to give away a certain amount of your anonymity. And of yourself, because that's the shiny bauble that's out there right now. The shiny bauble. Well, you're not is... forced to, but a lot of people are unwittingly trained to make that choice. But it do, it's not an absolute choice. It's not like you have to. There are still ways to to do it and to, you know, still go home at night and be your your own person. It's going to affect your business. It's going to affect your brand. You know, but nowadays, everybody's got to have a second brand. Like I always tell my daughter and, and the kids at her school, like y'all, y'all are in trouble because you start on social media as a way of communicating with your friends right. and sharing with your friends. And then one day you wake up and it's your brand mm. and you didn't even know when it changed. My daughter always goes, that's not true. And I'm like, Mace, you're going to go for an interview one day and they're going to go through all your social media. Right. And they're going to decide who you are based on what you've posted. I think that the answer to this, the answer yeah. to this whole discussion like when I was thinking about the show earlier, I was like, you know, I was trying, I always try to wrap it up in my head too and come to a consensus. And a consensus that I came to is that even we're not going to come to an answer by the end of the show and no one can really give an answer on what's going to happen for another 15, 20 years. Because what you just said about what's going on, what goes on with Macy and her and her thing, I wonder what's going to happen to them when they're 45 years old. And they're still trying to make these connections via Instagram and they don't have any real actual connections with people or they have fewer. I won't say that they don't have any, but I'll say that they'll definitely have fewer and the more transitory and everything. What are those people? Those people that are going to be our age and be the elders. 
What are they going to be like? What type of wisdom can they actually impart upon anybody? Or what will they be imparting upon, upon people? We know Facebook won't exist. It's Everything is moving towards AI. Meta. Yeah, meta. meta. Meta world peace. Yeah. Well, maybe two years from now, that meta will pay off for us. I got mad stock. So I ain't lying. I'm laying on that sucker. But, um... Wait, you holding out? I'm not holding out. I'm not holding out. You can get that anytime. Anybody can get it. It's dirt cheap right now. And you know what happens in a couple of years? Bang, zoom. Once it starts working out. My question is like some of these people, you know, because right now the the, everything's in flux due to the pandemic and all these people are opting to work at home. And all these people are like, I'm never never going to an office again. Like what kind of social skills are they going to have in 20 years? Like you've been sitting there working at your coffee table for 15 years. Like, not talking to anybody. This is the they point. They'll have what they'll have exactly what they need because they won't need some skills you need now or in the past. <laughs> well, the question is the question is going to be though, Gene, is society going to need them? Is there going to be a need for them? If you're in your if you're in your house twenty years and you're working from home and you we all know that technology works upwards, it's trying to clean us all out eventually. What's going to happen when that person who's sitting at home? is no longer necessary either. And they're 40 years old and they're soft because they've been sitting in their house most of their life, unless they bought so a now, Peloton. So now, now now, we're back to the UBI. Okay. Now, now, you, UBI? now you're back to the UBI, universal basic income. But who's going to want to give that? It's, Canada. It's not going to matter who's going to want to give it. If, if, you get to the, if you get to the point to where... Uh, People are just not working, and robots are doing everything. People are still going to have to survive. I mean, unless unless people are just going to be robbing robbing each other like all day, every day. Unless everybody's going to turn into a true capitalist and just start doing whatever they need to do to make money. Well, our well, people- that's but that's not going to happen because you're not going to be able to do that because there's going to be all this automation out there already, right? Well, and we've we've already. Ready, we've already discouraged free thinking, so you're not gonna. So most people are probably not gonna be able to think of something that they can. So you dropped out of my audio, so I didn't hear like the last part. Last sentence. Yeah, the last sentence. Oh, I, we didn't hear. So that. It was something like, uh, "What? Tell me what last thing you heard." Damn, you worse than me, man. You don't even smoke. I don't know. You ain't even on nothing. <laughs> Damn, Grant. <laughs> I mean, you asking I, us? So you asking me? I, I know I ain't follow Gene. Gene, you follow? So I ain't follow. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if if you discourage free thinking and you're trying to base everything on capitalism, these people are not going to be. They're not going to be able to think of anything because there is no free thinking anymore. They they've been they've been turned into sheep. Yeah. So how do you how do you get them to do something? What is it really without you know what I mean? Like how do, how do they support themselves without the UBI? And more importantly, like what's their purpose? You see, because when you you talk about a UBI, at you we talk about a UBI, somebody's going to have to generate money in order for that to happen. Either the government's going to have to create it out of thin air, like they just did during the pandemic, or someone's going to have to pay for it. Someone like say Elon Musk. We all know how Elon Musk feels about paying taxes at this point. He well, feels that he pays to, more than enough. I'm going to say the government just created 
they just created $800 trillion out of, out of nothing, right? Right, and, exactly. Didn't they, didn't they do that? They did do that. They did do that. But suppose somebody, But suppose they opt not to. I mean, what are you really going to do at that point in time? You're going to arm yourself. You're going to go get guns 10 years from now. You know, there's not going to be, let's say 10 years from now this happens, you rock the sleep. You can't, you're, everything's going to be automated. They'll be able to track you down. You open up your door, one of those robots that you can't knock down right now, and you can't knock off of their feet, that they actually are arming now for the police and right. everything, can be sitting out there waiting for you, and you don't have any intrinsic, you don't actually have any value towards the society, towards that, that society. Right? Wouldn't that be like the purge? Wouldn't that create that kind of? Would it be kind of like yeah. they could, they could though, like for real? You're talking about Robin and all, yeah. Like, wouldn't that be almost? Wouldn't that work for a systemic kind of society that's kind of manipulated by, especially an overpopulated one? Wouldn't that work? Not yeah. saying that one that's I being maybe, maybe not the purge, but Hunger Games. One that's being okay, yeah, something right, but along those lines to where now yeah. they're now they're generating wealth in like the <laughs> the 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 popular the popular you know the Hunger Games was big, right? Within the districts that were so poor, one that's being manipulated by policy, which there is being go. driven and being changed over. 10, 20, 30 years, it's taught to you. See, what most people don't realize is that change doesn't come immediately. Change isn't immediate. That's the right. reason why the that's the reason why intrinsic uh, motivation has been kind of downplayed in people. Because these types of things, these morals and these those are the things that build you up on the inside that give you character, that give you the ability to come and like, you know, create bonds and unions amongst other people. But when you remove that, remove that type of behavior and you replace it with, I want to get that chick. I want to get that car. I want to prove that I can do X, Y, or Z and everything. And I'm judged by who I am today. That's something different. The reason why this all came up to me, and believe it or not, is because of a post that was about um, black women, of course, you know, it's always about black women saying that they would not marry a man who makes less than $100,000 a year. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you did it. You know, Wait, okay. This is the same. Okay. I can't. Because that's just stereotypically absolutely 100% wrong. For black women, any woman that can dictate what they would or wouldn't. Uh, I don't. And so what you make it? What you bring into the table, black woman, the way you can dictate who and what you can maybe like for a certain percentage and saying, okay, like this is the the law office that I work in and this is my part and this is what I want for myself. But as just black women to say, I only want this. He don't want you, boo. I mean, if you ain't doing shit and just bringing shit to the fucking table, who are you to be able to like, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> that's not, that's not, she got a little. Melissa she, got, made she, people. On, she got all Kevin said, real. Like, she got real. She got real. You got real. That's, that's a real fact. Who in the fuck is gonna want you if you're gonna just dictate what you wanted without? Okay, it's different. Like okay, 
if it was like, I do this, I make this, I bring this to my table, you know, like on an e-harmony kind of fucking whatever, then you can say, I would like somebody in my, you know, whatever. In my spirit. But just as black women to say, you want this, you can want, you can want to be white and that ain't going to happen. <laughs> so, it's just, yo, you know how to press my fucking buttons, Mr. A. <laughs> well, if you, you know what? If you listen to the show, if you listen to the show, that's some straight bullshit. But if you listen to the show, you read me almost perfectly on that intrinsic external thing right there. So it's like, I hope you don't think that you can push my button, that you can just push my buttons and I can't push yours back. You know, but I mean, that's, that's, how we, that's, that's like, what it is. Like this, this very visual culture that we live in right now, like everybody thinks that you're supposed to, you know, on her, on her birthday, you're supposed to drop a couple stacks. Mm. Right. You know, you're supposed to do, like, I, I remember. I remember <laughs> and she was like, I was like, what's your idea of a perfect date? She was like, you know, maybe a museum and then some shopping. The museum was nice. Dinner and flowers, shopping would have come from you, not the whole, like, because what you buying? Uh, I, I, I hold you, I'll wait outside. I'll drop you off. That was. She, she's yeah. going for that bauble, but that's what she, but that's what, now. but that's what, but you got to understand <laughs> that that's what, it, she didn't but hesitate, the, she didn't whole, hesitate to visual, tell you that. The whole visual culture and all the messaging that we get pushes you to that. I mean, who was that rapper the other day? She's like, chick graduated. So her rapper boyfriend bought her like, you know, $3,000 worth of gifts and stuff. Like people think that that's, you know, right. they don't understand that that dude's going to be broke maybe next week, definitely mm-hmm. within two years. <laughs> you know, he could be right. asking her for some of that shit back so he can try, yeah, to, so he can try to eat. He ain't going to be able to ask he her because she's going to be gone. She's going to be gone. He might be investing in his future. He isn't. He, well, that, that's what that's probably he's what he invest, he's doing. He's investing in his future as a street sweeper. Because or as her her, like, at the local place that he can walk to, because <laughs> <laughs> he can't ass. afford his car. <laughs> Just keeping it real, you know. But this is, but that is the investment that you're actually making when you make these decisions. It's like I don't, I don't like knocking people who who like nice things and who want nice things. Of course, it's good to want nice things. You want to have nice things. But, you know, there's a way that you go about doing these things that won't leave you to your detriment and that will still allow you to grow and build right. and get bigger and get stronger. But we're not getting those lessons in our systems. And for the past 50 years, we've had a system that was based upon basically the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment. Everything has been moved that way. Education, jobs, um, the police, you know, just think about it. Some of you people that are free that are listening to this show right now, you know you're only free because you gave somebody up. Your bubble was your freedom. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking to all these snitches out here. Y'all niggas should be in stitches. Fuck y'all niggas. For real, <laughs> but it is 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 it is it irony? I guess that the bauble that people uh, are are doing this shit for is not even even something that you determined was something that you wanted. It's something that you were programmed to want, uh, like a Chanel bag, yes. right? Like let's let's just use a Chanel bag because that came up at work today. Um, 
you don't know what a Chanel back like why why you want a Chanel back other than you've heard the name in movies and on on TV and music and shit and everybody else wants it that's the, that's the only reason you want a Chanel back everybody else right? wants it and other yeah. women and other women who aspire to those same things are going Indeed, to look for yeah. are going to look up to you for it it's a very low it's a very base and low um exactly. vibration or a pr- exactly. place to actually like lay yeah. your hat at and That's all, they're all symptoms. That's those are, one of the Chanel bag is a symptom of a problem, if you call it that. A symptom of I the mean, problem. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's not the problem. I mean, you know, it's, it's it it makes sense for people to want nice things because of what they represent, which ultimately, you know, people want power. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, that's that's what it, that's what everything kind of represents. Either you fronting like you got power, or you really have power. You know. Uh, okay, I got a question. So, mm-hmm. As we talking about Chanel bags, and I get it. It's like if you can afford a Chanel bag and you want a Chanel bag, get a fucking Chanel bag. But let me ask you this: just like gentlemen with the newest sneakers back in the day, your Jordans or your Air Max, whatever it is now. I don't know what it is now. If you wanted it, would you sacrifice like your family, a bill, or whatever to get it? Nah. Right. Or would you just save up and get it? Versus like, you know, instant gratification. Yeah, I mean, listen, we got on our hustle. Like, you know, we can all have you split the bill to get a Yeah, we can all talk about this. Like, I had those dope three stripe Adidas that were like dark navy blue that nobody could get and everything. But when I went to go get them, I went and I hopped on. I went and we got in the car. Actually, we got in the car. We drove down to Delancey back then when you could get your deals and everything. And I got them for less money than what somebody else would get them for. Basically, essentially went to the the what you would call today the swap meet. Right. To get my joints. But, but like I'm saying, you did that so as not to take away from yourself, your, you, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like the whole idea of getting a Chanel bag just to have the idea of having one and taking away from, uh, just taking away from. I was just fashion what? forward. I just wanted to look fly. Oh, no, you weren't. That's no, you weren't. I just I wanted to look fly. The only sneakers I remember was Grand Lancaster's. Uh, George Towns, man. The only sneakers I remember. <laughs> right. I can try. To, I can try to think of anybody else's sneakers in school, including some of mine. That's all right. You know why? You know. You know why you didn't think about it. You know why you didn't think about my Adidas? Coordinate. Coordinate. They were coordinated. Everything. Everything blended. Go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. Shake your head, Rob. You know. You were there. Oh yeah, had the Pumas. Had the Pumas and the Pumas. Had the the Adidas. That was Detroit. That was you know you came to like Detroit City. Like you, G, with your pop locking and all that shit from California. Oh, nice. I just I was nice. I was nice with it. Uh, I, was not, I, was, I was a buck dancer back then. A what? <laughs> a buck dancer. Dancing around and shit entertaining niggas and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? That's what I did. You was the only buck dancer Uncle Tom nigga on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't dance no more. That ain't right. That is not right. That ain't right. We all know Uncle Tom was a good man. He was a good man. He was a good man. He stopped him. No, he was trying to stop him. That was the Cali flavor I came with. They was pop locking out here. 
And y'all was on some bullshit till Breaking really came out. Y'all uh-huh. started start spinning on the head and shit, you know. But y'all was really on some bullshit in like eighty two, eighty three. See, this is how the East Coast, this is how the East Coast, West Coast rap war started. Y'all still locking, and then you know doing some shit like we always do. Yeah, we take you to the bus and be like, yo. That dude, that dude from California, he going off, man. Like, like, <laughs> uh, I'll yeah. tell you what, I would still put fucking Lawrence be up against Shrimp any day. Lawrence, my man. He'll bust his ass. Rest in peace, LD. Right. It's my Love dude. My, oh, hell yeah. It's my yeah, dude. I thought about his, I thought I saw his brother respond to somebody on, on, uh, on a post, and I thought about it, and, uh. Yeah, I'm not over there yet. My man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all love. It's all love. It's all love here. It's all love here on the show. Yeah, but so I'm I'm gonna bring it I'm, we're gonna bring it we're gonna bring it we're gonna bring this back to the topic before we go off script too far. So we I basically have gotten I basically got like, you know, we've actually taken this conversation full circle and discussed a lot of these things. My my question is, and we understand that we can't go back in time and we can't bring all these things back from where it was to what it is today and everything because, like, the situations don't fit fully. But are there things and are there aspects that we can actually change and we can actually affect? Because socially, it's like, to me, when I look at it, it's it's like I, I really want to make anti be popular again. You know, be anti some shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's not just like, such a wrong thing for you to disagree or not believe that one thing and the way that everyone else thinks, you know what I'm saying? Why do you have to fucking think like everybody else? I just don't get that. I don't understand that. I understand why it's been planned for 50 years to kind of dumb you motherfuckers down and everything. And now we're going to ruin our way out. Everybody else, these young kids is on the way in and everything. They're not really equipped and everything. They, they were trying to make machine parts for factories that closed. Yeah. And now we stuck with the results. Yeah. Right. We are stuck with the results. And and unfortunately, we're not in a position to actually go back and terraform this all over again. It really is going it re, to, it's relying on a different generation at this point for them to actually terraform it. And they don't but, see but that's it. That's why I stayed skinny, just in case I got to start stripping to eat. <laughs> Word. I, I like it. I like shunning the responsibility off to the motherfuckers. <laughs> Let, let them have this shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shit. What, what was we doing with this shit? Rob Stripper's name is Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. Look, they're looking for the next Magic Mike because they're, they're, they're doing a movie and there's a documentary on, like, you know, auditions for just regular people, laymen, you know, that haven't danced or don't have dancer history. And, like, yo, I think you'd be a contender. Word. The geriatric division, yeah. yeah but it's it's literal layman though. <laughs> yeah, we are we are digressing Don't so hate. quickly. Hello. Look, and look, let it live. There you go. Hey, y'all saw one quick point. Y'all saw I'm sure everybody watched Harlem, right? No? Oh, oh, no. Well, I'm not Grant. The rest of us, Harlem with uh, the, the series Harlem with oh, uh, with uh, Ross Whitaker. Ross Whitaker. No. Yeah. No. Nah. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. That. Uh, with, it's, it's, you know, the Godfather like Harlem. Right? It's, it's, it's some old romantic shit. It's like a black sex in the city with the three females. Uh, oh, no, I haven't seen I that. Like that. 
Yeah, I watched the whole. I binged that whole motherfucking thing. A because I have a problem, but B because I was in Atlanta just waiting, you know, to catch a flight the next day or two days after that. And I really had some downtime, and and my daughter didn't really have nothing but apps and shit, you know. So I binge. I started watching shit. And okay, and Gail made you watch it. Gail, she wasn't there. It was, I'm telling you, man, I got a problem because if I, get, if, I one, if I see an episode of some shit and it just hooks me a little bit, you always see what happens. It's like a book, man. When I read yeah. Pimp, this Iceberg Slim story, I was oh, yeah. sick. I called in sick for work, and I read it that whole fucking day. I finished it because I couldn't put the shit down. You know, you got a problem, bro. Yeah, Instant gratification. OCD. It is. It's OCD. Uh, Instant gratification. Do you watch The Real Housewives of the Potomac? Nah. I don't okay. watch none of them shows, no. though. Okay. I, I only ask because uh, yeah. I, I did a game the other day and Juan Dixon was coaching. Okay. Uh-huh. And I know his wife is on one of those shows, and I just yeah, wonder how, he, how yeah. he comes off on that show. Oh, like a... Mm, I can't. Like I, he's, can't I, I know he's admitted you. to cheating on her Very and stuff. Very standoffish. Very standoffish. Yeah, because every time she... They talk about... What he proposed and wanting to get him anytime she, you know, they broke up because of his like, infidelity. Yeah. And every time she brings it up, he kind of just has a because that was then, but it's all part of their relationship now. And, you know, that's my take on that. And At some point, she's got to let that go. Like she took him back. Absolutely. Like, but as yeah, she's bringing it up, right like, yeah. But it's also when people are asking questions in reference to her real life, it make it does matter. Mm-hmm. In reference to why she carries and moves the way she does, based on, you know, so it does it does matter. Well, so well listen, I'm gonna around. listen. I'm gonna move this along because we're in overtime right now. We we're going an extra 15 minutes because we gotta Uh-oh. because we've got oh, so we got we to make like some salacious bonus footage. Now. Nah, we are yeah, we are going with some bonus. Listen, yeah. listen, wait, why listen, am I extra? No, why is a black woman extra? No, I'm, yeah. you're not um, extra. Actually, actually, extra? actually, yeah. <laughs> the whole Housewives franchise is built on the fact that they extra all the time. <laughs> Melissa, you know you are welcome. And Melissa, you know, Melissa, you know you are welcome every week. You're in the text every week. Whether you decide to come or you decide not to come is up to you. That's what I said in tenth grade. Down there in the mountains, valleys of West Virginia, and there's a bowling. She's got better shit to do. You got to make it better once in a while. There's a knitting circle. Yeah. All right. So factory bingo and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? She got better shit. Now we're gonna now listen. Yeah, it's it's funny you should mention Yo, football because that's gonna be the last topic. That's gonna be the last topic of the evening tonight. Our man Deion Sanders, G Lancaster, what did he do this week? Do you oh, know? Listen, he com- he converted the dude. He no, the number deal. one cornerback prospect in the country. Come on, baby. They were calling him like number one. Prospect and, in the country, and it just so happens that uh, Urban Meyer's non-coaching ass, like I said before, mm-hmm. got, fired got fired today. Oh my goodness! Mm. I, yeah. I, I told, I listen. I'm prophetic on that shit. Okay, but like, like HBCU's about to be the shit. Now, one well, thing, one thing about Deion Sanders, though. One thing about Deion Sanders, though. There was a, there was somebody. I forget who it was. Someone who worked for ESPN came out and said. 
that that draft pick is making a mistake. Rob, you know what I'm talking about? The guy he said he made well, a mistake. Well, the 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 thing, the, the story behind the this kid flipping is the NIL deal. Okay. Right? Oh, so yeah. the kid's got a million-dollar right. NIL deal with Barstool. Mm, okay. And that's, you know, Barstool's protecting its investment in Deion Sanders. They got a partnership. So now Deion gets them to help this kid come, which, you know, hey – College has been doing that shit for years with their with their rich alumni. Yes. Hey, you come here, we'll get you this no show gig. We'll take care of you in this way. You get you get done here. I know so many dudes like St. Joe's guys. They all go work in finance when they're done. You know, okay. they all get these Wall Street jobs. They all studied nothing, and then they go get these Wall Street jobs when they're done because that's what the St. Joe's alumni network does for the basketball team. For the basketball you know? team. But this is just this is just the new version of the NIL is the new version of that now. And so Dion's got a deal. They're giving him a million dollars. But for this thing to actually work, this kid's got to get better, and he's got to go to the right. league. Well, right. well, who was the guy? There was the guy, the Notre Dame alum, who came out, and he said that um, HBCUs, by him going to an HBCU, he's actually hurting himself long-term because he's not going to get better. He's going to get a substandard education. Yeah, I heard that. And if he does enter into the workforce, because of the fact that he went to a traditionally black school, university, if he was, as as he described, he holds his compatriots at work who went to um, traditionally black schools at lower levels than he does the ones that went to Notre Dame or um, Virginia or Florida this, State. This kid, this kid picked Florida, picked... Jackson State over Florida State. Florida State is not the Harvard of the fucking South. Mm. It's a large public school. Well, but but here's why he got to say that though, because you can't, you got to stand by the lie. What what was what was it in? uh, Tell them what. Tell the the story straight. When the lie becomes when the the, the lie becomes becomes bigger bigger than the truth. Print the legend. Print the right. Print the legend of uh and and this is what they Valance. Right. This is what they're doing. They they gonna they gonna keep on spinning this story that you gotta go to Alabama, you gotta go to Georgia, you gotta go to whatever school they want you to go to, you gotta go to Michigan or Notre Dame, but you don't have to because you are the talent, you are the one that's that's putting asses in the seats. Ain't nobody coming to see motherfucking Urban Meyer, ain't nobody coming to see Nick Saban, right? They coming to see you on the field. Wherever you go, guess what they gonna do? Come and see you on the field. That's right. So one, that simple. well, the one thing that really stuck out to me that really like, you know, he said that once they go to these schools and they don't graduate from these schools, I did not re- realize that graduation rates were so high at Alabama, Florida State, Georgia, yeah. LSU, like, like, USC. Like this, this Are these people you, graduating? You went in. Yeah. But right, who, who was the personality? But um, it's um, I forget his name. I could if I if I pulled out Twitter right now, I'd find it like in a second. But no, it's not. No, it's actually a white guy. It's actually a white guy. He's a Notre Dame alum. But my but my whole thing is, you are these schools in the South, like you know, like Rob, you played Division One football. Did they leave time and you play for Temple? Were they leaving time for like you know people to fucking study most of the time? What summer school was for? What summer school was for? If you were on the football team, you were expected to go to summer school. One, because they wanted to keep you in town. Mm -hmm. Two keep you working out make sure you're working out but two yeah. that's when you covered a lot of your major classes because like a lot of the big classes were in the afternoon mm-hmm. and so you couldn't take them 
not during was, the regular it wasn't school like, year. Oh, you need you need to take this class before you can take any of the other classes your major. Well, you'll take that in summer school. Right. Oh, wait a minute. I'm gonna wait. A, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna take this foundational course for a whole year. Like, right. Nope. You got practice in the afternoon. That's like, right. Academics is a distant second. My, very distant. Point. Very distant. I take like umbrage to the fact that this guy is like. You know, I guess he got his degree from Notre Dame when he was there and everything, and he feels that everyone else that doesn't have one is just absolutely fucking dumb as fucking sand or dirt, and they don't understand well, well, that you these know, people Notre Dame don't graduate. Well, you know, they're doing it better than everybody else. Like, Notre Dame is, they're like Penn State. They think that they're smarter than everybody else. They think that they're, doing, they're the only ones who are doing it the right way, mm. although that NBC money allows them to do a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Notre Dame folks, that they believe... Um, that they're doing it de- better than anybody right. else. Well, you know, it's a- Mr. Brooks. Yes. I just want to let you know that, you know, as you're very observant and it's just like, you know, what are you drinking? There was a lot of like, you know, it was spitting you. There was fire in your voice when you're like, you know, when they're getting all that NBC money. I mean, like there was something there. Is there, is there something I'm missing? No, it's not. It's shifting your energy. It, it, like some of these schools, like, I, stop. Breathe. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah, because I don't know, but I felt it. Mm. I did. I just see these schools and how they have operated for so long and how they've taken advantage of so many of these young people. And it's always behind the, you know, where they're getting an education. Mm. Right. You know, and, the, and, the, and the way that they're treated versus the non-scholarship kids are treated. It's all bullshit. The whole system, this multi-billion dollar system is built on bullshit. And, you know, Late teenage labor, um, okay. and so some look, of these no, schools. No, look, I'm telling you, I felt the energy. Some of these I schools, like Notre Dame, like Penn State, who honestly and truly believe that they are doing it in a, in the right way, you know, who believe they're doing it better than everybody else, they just piss me off because you're all part of the same system, same bullshit. Yeah. That's I I I just really took I took offense to seeing that. Like, you know, I took offense to seeing that because it's like, you know, you you actually like you actually answered a question that I would have asked. But when you talk about St. Joseph's basketball, a lot of these guys, they obviously have that set up where Wall Street, they're taking care of their basketball players and their team. That's like 15 players. That's like a couple of players every year that are going out and everything. No football programs. You don't see these football programs taking these guys that were offensive linemen, second string offensive linemen, and you know maybe maybe started like four or five games in a four year career. Actually, a five year career when you consider redshirting. Red you don't shirts. see them. You don't see these cats like over here in white collar America with their suits and ties and everything. You see them bouncing at the clubs. It's not like they're putting these dudes on for the four years and the five years that they're spending at these universities. And don't give me that education crap. When you got to go to class, you got to take your shit in the summertime. Give me a fucking break. I applaud Deion Sanders. I love what he's fucking doing at Jackson State. I hope a lot of HBCUs jump on it. I know from going to an HBCU, some of these people feel that athletics is above them when they're attempting to be an academic university. But what they're actually doing is they're leaving a lot of these other black kids and these black talents to the auspices and to the um, fucking, what is the word? To the, they're leaving them at the mercy of the recruiters from Alabama, LSU, Georgia, whatever. I'm just going to say that, like, you know, based on 
some of your word choices this evening. Yeah. That vape pen works. That vape pen works. Yeah, I'm going full Sharpton. Am I going full Sharpton here tonight? Making some shit up. It is. Sorry, please. You know what I'm saying? Run it past somebody. You know, I wrote the paper for you one year. Holla at me. I got your back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm vocabularly challenged. Vocabularly challenged. And on that I'm, note, I didn't, write your, I didn't write your paper. I wrote a paper for X. That's right. Oh, it's going to stay in there now. Like the professor you wrote it for, he's hey. not using it anymore. And you know what? On that note, I'm going to say thank you, Born in Trouble <laughs> from California. Welcome back wait, after wait, your wait, three week hiatus, Mr. Bye, Gene Hopkins. Bye, bye. Five 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 says Boulevard. Five 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 says Boulevard. You don't want that address. Nine zero two one zero. My dude from Detroit, Michigan. Yo, the wings. Home, home of City Wings. Delivered directly from Grand Boulevard. Directly. Delivered directly to his restaurant by Amish girls in short Amish dresses. Mr. Grant Lancaster. That's right. That's right. One of these shows, and it's not going to be soon, we're going to, we're going to investigate all the baked-in sexism that is part of John Exum. Listen. <laughs> all I'm saying is that during Rumspringer, City Wings oh is popping. During what? <laughs> The period when Long the Amish go out and experience Check it the out. world before committing yeah. to... Check it out, enforcement. Check it out. <laughs> you might find more than chicken. You might find more than chicken. I don't know, but what's going on in Detroit? Why Only joking. That actually does not happen. It actually does not, it actually does not happen. Right. You've never seen that show, Gene? No. Yo, there's some wild stuff going on in Amish. Oh, bro. They're yeah, cooking right. up some meth out there. Yeah. yeah. The Amish is wild, bro. Hell yeah. Grant knows. Oh, you heard that. Grant Lancaster. The final word for you today is the Amish is wild. At least the ones on the show. What about the ones dealing the wings, Grant? That's right. That's right. No, them, them motherfuckers are the true mafia. He knows. He pays those wing bills. He pays right. them. From yeah. New Jersey. Home of not city wings. Yeah, no, give me a no, vegan no. spot. Yeah, give me a vegan spot in New Jersey. A vegan spot in New Jersey. How about in Philly? I'll give you a vegan spot. Bar Bon Bon. Okay. Vegan spot that we're going to knock out because there's no such thing as free advertising. Mr. Robert Brooks. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what who, who Melissa wrote that paper for. Oh. I want to know what class that what, was what, for. What grade was that in? Yeah. Um. Okay. Listen, we're not going to talk about that tonight. No, From West Virginia, right thank now. you, Miss uh, Miss Melissa. Boy, somebody going to be running for from West for Virginia. Let me tell you something. If I'm running for vice president, if that's the thing that they find, you got a piss poor detective. 
There is so much. Let me tell you something. There is so much stuff to find on me. There's so much stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I'm telling you. Running for office has not been, it's not a thought process. It's not going to happen. Listen, the only way I would run, I would say, listen, y'all have to forgive me before I even run. You know what I'm saying? What I was before. You were too busy. You had basketball and you were doing, um, you were running for like city. What was it? You see, didn't you get vice president? You see, yeah, I was vice president at one time. But, okay, you know, so what, what what grade was that? That was in tenth grade. That, okay, so oh, it was tenth grade. grade but whatever, but yeah, look, because didn't you play basketball in tenth grade? Because yeah. you couldn't handle all of that and your homework and basketball practice. And who'd you come to? Your smartest friends. That's look right. All of them. I am. Them? Listen. I, I got my attorney, Miss Melissa Ming, from West Virginia. Miss Melissa Ming. How did she become friends so fast? How did she become friends so fast? Because that was up. the first year I even met X. Listen, oh, I know we was way back. Yeah, we go. We you, you, oh. you listen. How y'all go back? You listen, you must hire a detective for that. Born in trouble. Fortieth episode. Thank you, people, for showing up once more. Elementary school, though, they were their neighborhoods were close by. You you, you shouted out everybody else, and I don't get nothing. I did. I said you see because they keep trying to talk over it. I said from West Virginia, the greatest. The one, the only, Miss Melissa Yo, Ming. Yo, one, two, three, one, twenty-three, Country Road, West Virginia. Come see you. That's right. Come see ya. Damn, boy. One, twenty-three, country. Boy, that's boy, that's country. That's country. <laughs> Born in trouble. See y'all next week for the episode. Take us some Patsy Clyde on the way out. <laughs> we done.